So uh, we always do some sort of Q and A, you know, because it's it's important to uh, to engage. So um, I just want to pray. Yeah, has everybody checked in? I told you, honey, we'd see the back of your curls. So, um, yeah. Yeah, turn your volumes off. So, uh, that was, that was nice to see. I, uh, never been blessed to see that before. Caden and Sarah singing together. So that's the first time. We just time. used to do it in our kitchen. Yeah. No, we have, we've done something in the kitchen. What? Yeah. <coughs> oh, great job, guys. So I just want to say a word of prayer and then we'll, we'll get started. So Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for this night and, and the opportunity to be together as a family. Um, and what that what that looks like, Lord God. They said in, in Acts that they, they gathered together to hear the apostles' teachings, and they broke bread. And so we broke bread, and we're about to get some teaching, Lord, from you. And so, Father God, we pray for your presence here as well as the, the live stream, Lord God, uh, that you would bless everybody here, that you would speak through me to each person, each person's heart, Lord God, uh, that they would hear the very message that you need them to hear. So, Father, we thank you, and we give it all up to you in the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So last week, last week we ended with, um, with Matthew 21, 28 through 31. And you remember it said, uh, what do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? Remember, you all got it right last week. With the first son. Yeah, even the Jewish leaders got it, the first son. So Jesus said to them, the truth is, you are worse than the tax collectors and the prostitutes. In fact, they will enter God's kingdom before you enter. John came showing you the right way to live, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes believed John. You saw that happening, but you would not change. You still refuse to believe him. So what's, it, what's going on in the church today? We have all these people that go to church, and we say we're Christian. We say, yes, Jesus, send me. And we don't go. Are we the first son or the second son? You're the second. Where do we want to be? What's it going to take to get us there? Footwork. Okay, footwork. Action. Mm-hmm. What else? What kind of action? Obedience. 
Obediency. Obediency. Okay. Faith in what? Right, like, so, you know, I was kind of thinking about this today, and, and the question came, how, how dumb are you willing to look for the Lord? You're like, what? Why you willing to look dumb for nobody? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Right? But that's what the world does. The world wants to tell us what's dumb, and they want to define what looks stupid. But yet, here we are. We go to church, and we don't follow what God's calling us to do. What are we more worried about? Our relationship with God? Or how we look in the world? Well, as bad as it sounds, how we look at the world. So we got two of you that agree that it's the world? What do you guys think? I don't care what the world thinks as long as God's faith is in it. Okay, so what stops you from doing what God's called you to do? Before it was me. Now it's starting to need a change. Okay, you're starting to grasp, grasp the need for the change. That's awesome. How about any of the rest of y'all? You because know, this really is it. Like, guys, you know, we talk about church and what church is and I've told you before that I, I get kind of uh, I used to laugh at the Catholics and I made the little jokes about stand up sit down turn to the left turn to the right fight 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 you know and they had their little pep rally thing or whatever and it was all about that stuff but I got to thinking about it shouldn't this be the pep rally shouldn't this be the place that we get charged up energized in directions to go forth. So if I'm not giving you the directions, if I'm not giving you the marching orders that God is telling us to do, then who's that on? You. Me. And that's why it says in the book that preachers and teachers will be judged ten times more. So y'all, I'm taking that serious. So I'm going to ask you again, who will you look stupid for? Where are you going to actually look stupid, and where where is it not going to be looking stupid? Looks stupid in the world, and it should not be that way. Right, and, and really, what is looking stupid in the world? You two said the word. What's the word you both said? Faith. faith. Walking in faith. See, the world wants to tell you that you're stupid because you're walking in faith to a God that they can't see. And yet we, we're more than welcome to, to pray to God. We know we're happy to pray to God, even though most of our prayers we don't believe. You know, well, God, if it be your will, or we have no, no belief in the prayer, so we just throw them up because that's what Christians do, right? So we just do that, and we don't necessarily believe in it. That's why we're always so surprised when a leg grows or when somebody's cured of cancer. Holy cow! They really got healed. Well, shouldn't that be the norm? Absolutely. And if we actually believed it, then it would be the norm. But the fact is, our lack of faith causes us to think that it's nothing. Or we're so surprised by it. 
Our lack of faith brings surprise when God does God. So how do we change that? What are we do, what are we doing? Like what do we what do we do? If you are here and you are a proclaimed Christian, then shouldn't you walk? Shouldn't you do anything? Right? Right? Like what are you doing? Everything should be to the glory of God. Amen. And it's so oftentimes it's not. It's it's not. We're more worried about the world. And so the world tells us what we've done good. Well, we already knows what it takes to quantify good work in God. It takes that obedience. It takes doing, it takes doing what God is calling us to do. Right? So, yeah, so here Jesus said, John came showing you the right way to live. <coughs> so that's John. Here we are in the book of Matthew. And he's quoting Jesus. John came to show you the right way to live. Here's the pastor. I'm coming to show you the right way to live. That doesn't mean that I always do it correctly. But I darn sure have a goal to do it better each and every day. And that's all I can do is get better, right? So I'm, I'm admitting that I need help. That I need God in my life. And I need him to help make me better. To make me a better stepdad. To make me a better husband to make me a better pastor, to make me a better brother and a sister, to put away all the things that the world's trying to tell me that I need to do that are counter to what God is telling me to do. I have the word of God that tells me that. How many of us are in our Bibles every day? I mean, honestly, no kidding. And when you open up your Bible, do you open it up just to read it or do you open it up to meet God there? We have all the tools that we need and we're not doing it. Why? Because we live in fear and not in faith. So we live in the darkness instead of the light. And we've got to turn that around. We've got to get to the point where we're actually doing what God called us to do. But the tax collectors, remember when we talked about the tax collectors? Were they, were they revered as the higher-ups, or were they revered as dirtbags? Dirtbags. And certainly we know that prostitutes are revered as higher-ups, or... Probably I, higher than tax collectors, probably. <laughs> perhaps, depending on which one you use more. Right. Would certainly change your view. Right? So, here we are. We're called, we're called to the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. And yet, these people who befuddle us are the ones that God has chosen to use. So that's you and I, regardless of where we came from. Some of us may have been lower than the prostitute or lower than the tax collector at one time in our lives. And so now we have Christ in our lives, and all of a sudden, we become great judges of what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. Instead of what God is calling us to. And it just changes. That's Isn't that the, like the prodigal son that went away and then came back? Because he was out in the world and he what was happening that he come back to his father. Oh, the only reason he came back to his father, Pat? 
He was broke. Yep. Yep. Old boy had nowhere else to go. Yeah. So the deal is, yeah, we're walking away from our father, but are we going to wait till we get broke to come on home? No, we can't come. Turn right around and come back home. Absolutely. Your father's calling you. Will you come back home or you want to sit where you're at? You want to go out there and tell you're slopping the hogs and trying to eat their food? The choice is ours. God has already given us the right answer. He's already given us the right choice. It says at the end of that verse, chapter verse 31, it says, you still refused to believe him. So I'm putting the word out there. Are you going to believe me and the word of God? Or are you going to refuse to believe it? It's your choice. It's your call. The word clearly tells us that some will get there and say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. Do you want to hear, sorry, I don't know you, or do you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? The choice is yours. I'm giving you the news. It's your choice. Do you want to look stupid to the world, or do you want to look stupid to God? And not that God is ever going to see you looking stupid, I'll tell you that. And the only reason I use the word stupid is because it carries some force behind it. You know, you want to be one of those Christian Bible thumpers? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't care. I've given my life to God, and, and I'll do it. So, and then we get into Joshua chapter 5. And I wanted to do this because this is a great example of looking stupid. Like, I cannot imagine. So here's, here's the nation of Israel, and they're being led out. And they're camping on one side of the river, one side of the Jordan, and Moses, Moses dies. So Moses is the dude that walked him through the wilderness for 40 years. They're like, all of a sudden he's dead. And his Joshua dude takes over. And Joshua's going to lead him into the land of milk and honey. As God promised. So God takes them across the river. They build up this thing. It says, for the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war, so they're warriors, they're, they're mighty men, passed, who came out of Egypt perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them, that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So here it is, the warning. Like, look, if you disobey me, if you keep this up, you're not going to see the promised land. You're not. You guys have the same promise. Because just saying you follow Jesus isn't enough. Believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. Believe with your heart. These guys spoke it with their mouth. Oh yeah, God, we're good. <clears throat> but remember how much griping and complaining they did all along the way? <clears throat> How much griping and complaining are we doing? Lord, my back hurts. <sighs> my leg. <laughs> my leg. 
But I've been rejoicing in the pain. It hurts. It hurts. But I, I'm looking at that pain and I'm saying, you know what? I could have been dead or paralyzed. Easy enough. Easy enough. And people have done it. So where are you? Where are you in this? Because your confession, the belief in your heart, transforms your heart. It changes it. Not just beating your blood, but beating the blood of Jesus Christ through your veins, through every part of your being. And we got to get to that place, or we get to get to that place where it's God beating through our veins, coursing through our veins and our muscles. And he's rejuvenating, and he's filling us. Like we are in the land of milk and honey. We are on this side of the cross. We are on the western side of the Jordan River. Hallelujah. No longer in Egypt, but we're on the western side of the Jordan where things get better. We are on the promised land. And yet, what are we doing with it? Nothing. Yeah. So the question is, do we really have Jesus in our heart? It's an eternal question, and you need to know it. It's not one to guilt and shame you. I can guilt and shame you all day long. Matter of fact, I don't know that there's one person in here I can't wrap into a pretzel. If we want to wrestle, I'll wrestle you, and I'll make you scream, Jesus is my Lord! And then I'll let you go, and then what do you do? <laughs> Kidding. JK. So guys, what are we doing? What side are we on? For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war, who came out of Egypt perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would, that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Verses 8 through 10. When the circumcising of the whole nation... Whoa, 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 whoa. Circumcising? Y'all know what that is, right? <clears throat> They're being circumcised again. When the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away reproach of Egypt from you. So on that day, on that day, God said, God said, I have rolled it away. I take that burden from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to say this day. The first Passover in Canaan. While the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. So what had they done 40 years before that? Would they have known this story? Would you guys know this story? What are they celebrating? It says the Passover, but what's the Passover? Do you remember? Do you remember as Moses was bringing the 10 plagues? And on the 10th plague, they were told to put the blood of the spotless lamb over their doorposts. And the Spirit of God washed over the land and any home 
that had the blood of the lamb was passed over. And so here they are, all those warriors. These guys were probably kids. They were either kids or they weren't even born yet. And here they come and they're celebrating this Passover, helping them to remember and recognize the importance of that event, what that meant to this nation. God's people, God's people were celebrating the blessing and the grace of God the Father. And now here they come to this land of milk and honey, and they're celebrating. What's the importance of that? What's the importance of celebrating what God did? What's the importance of us celebrating communion? remember to take part in you know there's something about our faith our walk with God that has to be important to us it's not just about saying yes something changes in us they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho when Joshua was by Jericho so another city not too far from Gilgal so if you think about the Jordan River splitting, and it would fall down into the sea, and then off to the west you had Gilgal, and just below it, not too far away, was this fortified city of Jericho. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, now wait a second here. So there's this dude with a sword drawn, and Joshua just walks up to him. How many of y'all want to walk up to a man that you don't know with his sword drawn? Right? <laughs> so Joshua, had he knew he was walking in favor. Do you know you're walking in favor? Do you know that you're walking in the anointing and the blessing of God? Do you know that? Or do you fear those with the sword, whether it be their mouth, whether it be whatever, whether it be your reputation. So when you walk above reproach, when you walk as God called you to walk, then what is anybody going to say or do? They're, they're probably going to try. Many will try to take you. Many will try to cast your reputation into the dirt. But will you stand with? And so Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or, our, or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. So this fortified city closed its doors and closed, if you can imagine, the walls and all the little archery things, the little places where you'd shoot archery or bow and arrow through, and all these things, and they just shut it up from the inside and the outside. The people of Israel can't get in. 
But yet they were told they were given this land. But they can't get in. It's closed. The sign on the door says, sorry, we're not open. So what are they going to do? Can you imagine leading your people to this city and saying, God has blessed this land for us, and yet we don't get it. We can't have it. How many times did the people of Israel gripe and groan this 40 years? They didn't even make it to the Red Sea and they were complaining. Like they're one day out. And then three days out after they went through the river, like these people are whining about everything. And we read the story, we go, oh my gosh, these people are stupid. They don't get it. So when I ask you, do you want to look stupid in front of the world or in front of the Lord? What are you doing different than them? What seems to be closed? And this is where the story gets good. Because these people are about to do something that we are not doing in America, in the world as Christians. Ready? So now Jericho was shut up. Jericho was shut up from the inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Can you imagine that? Like, dude, what are you talking about? It's all closed up. I can't even get there. So I get to look at this wall? Whoopie-doo! Right? But Joshua, no. Joshua's a dude. He's the man. So, with its kings and mighty men of valor. What, you're giving me all this, and yet I can't even get in. You shall march around the... Listen to this. This is stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, who's going to do this, right? You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Now, wait a second. I thought you said that all those mighty men of valor, the warriors, were dead. Right? So you could, somebody might want to draw and say, well, that's a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. The men who walked out of Egypt that were warriors all died. All those warriors had sons who they trained to be warriors. This is the whole fresh new, the whole fresh new army coming in. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of rams, <coughs> ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. Can you imagine that? What's he saying here? Seven priests, seven trumpets. On the seventh day, so you're going to make me march around this place for seven days, blowing my horn. You're just trucking around. You're talking about looking like an idiot? Come on. Are you ready to go, guys? Hey, everybody. We're just going to walk around this city, and those guys are going to blow horns, and, and then we're going to stop for the night. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. What has God called us to do? <clears throat> to go forth, Preaching and teaching the gospel to every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all of his commands. 
How are we doing with that, Joe? How are we doing? Well, I don't want to look stupid. Well, then pick up your ram horn, march around the city, blow that thing for seven days, and when you get all these 150 people who come up to you because you look pretty cool marching around, then all of you yell, the people will fall, and everybody will be Christian. Who wants to go? Sounds ridiculous. Like, I can't imagine like what that would have looked like. And just as Joshua commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns, before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually. So they just kept blowing and walking and blowing and walking and blowing and walking. Can you imagine the people inside the city looking? What are those idiots doing? And they, they ain't none too smart, is they? Stupid. Right? Well, Gus didn't like the story. When I was in Sunday school, when I was younger, way younger, um, we would talk about Joshua blowing his horn, and they also had a song that went along with it. Joshua at the Battle of Jericho. Yep. I know that song. It uh, kind of demonstrates how what happened, how they split around, and all this stuff. It was really interesting. For I, sure. Yeah. But you know, so the armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the and the rear guard was walking after the ark. So here they are walking around with the ark of the covenant. Who can tell me what's in the ark of the covenant? Okay, what else? Tablets and the uh, books of Moses. The very presence of God, and, yeah. right? So this thing was pretty, so they're walking around with God in a box. How many of us walk around with God in a box? Maybe not that box, but in a box, right? And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpet, Joshua said to the people, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city, and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Now, so all the people, they've been pretty quiet up to this point. They're just walking around, walking around, walking around, and then everybody just, whoa, whatever they shouted, fall down, or whatever. <coughs> and the walls just crumble. Except who? Do you remember the story of the spies that went across the river? And there were two of them that made it into the walls of Jericho, and they were they were they were given a hiding place by who? What was she? Remember what we talked about? The tax collector and the what? So who's what's a prostitute's name? Mary Magdalene. Oh no, Rahab. Oh, Rahab. Rahab. This is long before her, but we'll make it to her someday. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. So back to the prostitute, saving Israel, working for God, 
when all the commoners inside did not. Joshua 5, as soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. So as God goes forth and he gives us a message, he gives us something to do, he prepares the way for us. It's not a surprise to him what's going to happen. But are you obedient enough to actually do what he's calling you to do? How many of you guys think you're done serving the Lord? When do you get done? 4.30? You'll never get done. 9 to 5? Never. So what's the church doing? If we worship the only God who comes, the only God who saves, the only God who truly loves, the only God that we do not have to perform for, why is Christianity not growing? Why are there people dying every day in the streets of Portage that don't know Jesus? Because the devil is rampant. Is he rampant or are we lazy? Both. Fair. Very fair. So what do we do to get over it? What do we do to stop being complacent? Start blowing some horns. Start blowing some horns? Yeah, get go. their attention. Yeah, take action. How? By going out and talking to people. Well, where are you going to go? You're just a little old lady with a cane. <laughs> <laughs> Where are, you, where are you going? Well, I'm trying to go with people, good people. What people? Where? In my apartment building. Amen, Pat. Thank you. And I'm sorry to pick on you, but I know you're a good sport. Because if a little old lady with dancing on a cane can go to the people in her building, where can we go? I hear too many people with too many excuses. But I'll tell you what, if you need a honey glazed donut from Quick Trip, you sure will get there. Oh, yeah. You need something from the middle of Walmart, you can get up and walk and ride their little scooter. Whatever it is. Where there's a will, there's a way, and you will find it. <coughs> but God isn't first in most of our lives. We'll say it when we're in church. We'll write it on a card. Some of us really have to take a better inventory. Like God is calling. Like, hey, Jesus is coming back soon. Anybody awake yet? Y'all sleeping? Come on. And what are we doing? What are we doing? We're so worried about what the world says to us that we don't do what God calls us to do. We would rather walk in fear than faith. And if nobody's looking or we're in the right circle, we'll talk about our faith. And this isn't to guilt or shame. This is to wake up 
Right? Like, we all need a wake-up call. We all need a swift kick in the pants. I picture God calling me Scooter and scurrying me along or grab me somehow and get me to go and do. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with God doing that to me. I'll pick you up then tomorrow morning when my scooter with the trailer on behind you. He likes sidecars better. <laughs> well, I had it thrown in my face not too long ago. And let me tell you what, it hurt. Had what thrown in your face? Talking about being, I was telling my daughter about this church. Wanted her to come to church. And she pointed her finger at me and she said, it's people like you why I don't go to church. So what did it make you think of? <laughs> Made me feel like a loser. Like, wow. You know, is that really what you think of me? But yet, I know where she was coming from. Right, and was I it? knew that I was not even close to where I needed to be. Right, is it the truth? For my own dog, yeah. And that's the, the hard part. Exactly. That's the really hard part, people. Exactly. We have to get to the point where it's like, yeah, look how you're walking. And so a great response to that is like, you know, the church is a great place. It's a spiritual hospital. It's a place where we go to get healed, not for the perfect. That's what I told her. I said, you know, you're right. I do do the things you just said to me. You just said do-do in church. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do smoke. I do cuss. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. So, you know, that made me... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Terry, you want to tell us when you get beyond... I can't, I can't hear any more of this. We're in church. But, you know, I was like... You know, that's that makes you look at yourself and realize that, you know, I am not even close to where I need to be. But here's the, here's the beautiful thing. So we have grace with God, right? And we might not be where we're supposed to be, but thank God we're not where we once were, mm -hmm. right? And so when we humble ourselves... And we walk with integrity. We don't have to walk in judgment because a lot of times the judgment and the lack of love, the, uh, the, the uncanny ability of the church people to point to people's crap, all of a sudden that makes us better. Well, who wants to go play in the better club? I don't want to go play with you people. I don't want to be in church. It sucks. It's boring. It's stupid. And all y'all are so perfect. I don't fit there. But what if we actually started living our lives like we're living our lives with hope? And instead of judging, we start loving. Instead of being able to point out everybody else what's going on with them, what happens when we just love them? And we say, I'm so sorry you're going through that or whatever. Yeah, I understand that. But instead, it's a lot easier to pick out the one that's not you, right? The one thing that I don't do Right? I mean, like, come on, we're, we, we all do this stuff. Well, you're this, or you're that, or you're that. And so, we get to be better each and every day, making changes, learning how to love one another, and build one another up. Because we're supposed to do that. 
Build one another up in hope and faith and truth and love. Not just rip and tear people down. Jesus did not need to die on a cross for you to walk around with a critical spirit. He didn't. He died on a cross so you could be forgiven and forgive others. Because if we want to continue to dance with the devil, we can do that. Satan would love to have us do it. Complacency is not a work of the Lord. <clears throat> but we get a chance. So next week, from 1 to 4, when it's time to come and pray, I hope like heck I see all of you. I'm not going to be sitting here the whole time. But I want to see you guys come, and I want to see you guys get prayer, because, beloved, we've got work to do. And the only way we're going to do it is if we get over that little bitty thing, that little bitty hump, that little bitty hurdle that holds us back there. And I know the one that has the word for you, the one that will help you to go blow your horn all over town. Me, myself, and I, I'm, I'm dying swinging for the fence. I will go out of this world swinging for the fence, doing the best I can. As I said, we have a small group here tonight, and I could be all upset and up in arms. But I'm thankful to God that we have a small group here tonight. Because we got to sit around the table, and we got to praise God together. Question. Yes. Um, <clears throat> we talk about having to get the word out. Yep. Okay. What comes into my head when I'm thinking this is the Jehovah Witnesses. Yep. Going door to door. They're getting their word out. It may not be what we want to hear, but they're getting their word out. Now, do we have access to pamphlets and stuff like that where they can go on the streets? Said, you know, like just before Christmas, real meaning of Christmas, or read about my God and stuff like that, you know, and solicit on the streets or in front of Walmarts. We can do all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. So, young man, could you uh, hit the stop on that, please? Because yeah. we're about to pray. Um, John Bonham, right?